Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And Kyle is bringing some interesting encounters to the show tonight with some bodies in the woods. I'm going to... gonna bodies not in the woods. I'm just going to go right off the rip here. They're fucked. Okay, well, Kyle's bringing us some fucked shit. They are... Right off the bat. They are insane. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it's it. It's one of the, it's some of the most insane shit I've read. I'm here for it. That's, that's, that's the only reason I do the show is just to just uh, fly off the rails. But before we get to fly off the rails, we got to get through all this house cleaning, housekeeping, business stuff. So check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Discord. Search up the Hollow Sky podcast, find us, come and hang out, and then share the show. Hollow Sky to the moon. That's right. Hollow sky to the moon. To the hollow moon. If you have a listener encounter you'd like for us to feature on a future show, Kyle has some really good details he's going to share with you about yeah. how to do that. Call the phone. Call the damn phone. 1-618-556-0837. You would assume that I would have this memorized by now, but joke's on you because I do not. In your defense, you don't call the phone. That's true. That is true. Um, you can leave a voicemail there. You can text it and leave your story or s- set up an interview, uh, whatever you want to do. You can also record yourself with a recording device, like a voice memo app on your phone, or just write your story out and email it to us. And the email is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. Perfect. Get with it. Sick with it. Too wicked. Too wicked. If you'd like to sponsor the show, help keep the hollow ball rolling, there's infinite ways you can do that. First and foremost being share the show to anybody who likes weird stuff, anybody who listens to the podcast, post it on your social media, make a flyer and drop it from an airplane, you know, any way to get the show out there. Word Virtual high fives. Virtual high five our show around. It's it's just the best way we can keep the grassroots movement going. If you find people you think would be interested, say, yo, you need to listen to these two idiots to talk about weird shit. And hopefully they like it and they stick around. So that would be sick. That's the first, the very first and most important thing you can do. Next, we have a Patreon where you can check that out. And if there's a tier that you enjoy, tier that you think you can't live without, you want a t-shirt, you'd like some stickers, you're here for some extra content, Sign up for one of those Patreon tiers, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Absolutely. We also have a Venmo. You can throw some pocket change in the Venmo so we can keep our monster addiction rolling. Yeah. And um, probably shave years off of our life. Also. Stress on our heart. Also. 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 Kyle's got another one. Also, if... You want to send us weird shit. Oh, yeah. I keep, I how keep forgetting. do they do that, Steve? We have a P.O. box. It's P.O. Box 145, Fefield in Illinois, 62031. Slap a hollow sky on there, hollow sky podcast, and ship it to us. If you have something haunted, if you have a cursed object, if you have something you've made for us, if you have just whatever, send it to us. It'd be sick. Yes. It'd be super sick. Our friend Emily just sent us a nice little card and some homemade bookmarks with kind of touches on our experiences. It's got the Lord's Prayer on the back. It's very sweet. Super sick. Considerate. Thank you so much, Emily. So much. Saving our asses. That's true. Somebody needs to. <laughs> Big facts. Another way you can support the show 
is wherever you find your uh wherever you listen to your podcast your podcatcher if you will give us a wonderful five-star rating and review and i'll shout you out on a future show whenever i find it like today's five-star rating and review from our friend god i hate reviews oh that's a pretty good that's a pretty good one that's the opposite stance that we have we love getting reviews yes yes this is true but our friend god i hate reviews gives us five stars just perfect and without ads right now and their smooth voices it's perfect to fall asleep to if you can i'll take that as a compliment same I'll take that as a compliment. If we Same. if we can put forth enough calmness in your life to make you fall asleep, and we are doing yeah. our job. I mean, not the job that we initially set out to do, but we're we're helping out. Yeah, and I mean, I have heard that I do have a pretty attractive voice. Yeah, just I, ask Steve's mom. Well, I told you that. Yeah, and your mom. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like a canon yeah. thing. I I was told thing. that I sound like Tom Bodet. I'll keep the light on for you. <laughs> so that, that is what it is. Yeah, we we we're working with what we got, <laughs> and that is not much. No, so no, sadly, no. So thank you, God. I hate reviews for taking yeah. the time to leave us these wonderful words and for allowing us to lull you to sleep with our majestic voices. I like that word, <laughs> majestic. From there, we're gonna. Zip right on over to our listener experience of the day, which comes to us from our friend Larissa. Larissa says, sleep paralysis and other weird shit. I love it. Right off the rip. It's a good title. Right to the point. That's a good title. Larissa says, hey guys, I'm so glad I found your podcast. I am hooked. You guys are really great. Okay, so the sleep paralysis story just happened over the weekend. This was sent to us March 21st for anybody wondering here. So, sleep paralysis story just happened over the weekend. For a little bit of background, I haven't had something like this happen in over 10 years. Thinking back, I had quite a little bit, or I had quite a bit as a kid. I always felt like I had something following me around like a dark spirit. I used to be really scared to sleep alone for this reason. I don't know if this is connected, but when I became a Christian, the night of, I heard a very evil voice laughing at me. Yeah. That was the one and only time, thank God. So over the weekend, we stayed on a boat in the lake. It was docked in a marina. Right off the bat, the first night I had a nightmare that woke me up at around 3. But I was able to get back asleep. The night before we left, though, I was woken up again at around 3. It sounded like someone was having a party in the room next to us, which obviously wasn't happening. Everyone was asleep, and the rooms are really tiny, so I figured maybe someone left the TV on. But I'm not so sure after what happens next. You guys, it's really creepy to describe, but I'm going to try. It makes my skin crawl. So after the loud voices incident, I went back to sleep, and I was aware in my dream that I was sleeping. I could literally feel this person thing next to me on my right. My fiancé was sleeping next to me on my left, so I started freaking the fuck out because I knew it wasn't him. I was very aware that this was all wrong. I felt this thing breathing and laying next to me. Then as I'm trying to scream and move my arm to wake up my fiancé, or wake my fiance up, which nothing happens because I feel paralyzed. Another figure comes up. It looked like a priest, but I couldn't see its face. They were all laugh or they were laughing, seeing me freak out and struggle. I knew I needed to wake up and I forced my eyes open. It was like they were glued together. When I finally was able to open my eyes, it was all gone, but the feeling of dread didn't go away. 
I think it was something about the boat. Maybe its prior owners were into some occult shit. Either way, that was creepy as fuck, and I hope I don't ever have to experience that again. Stay weird, friends. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't I ain't, don't go on I ain't that boat down again. With that. First off, don't go on that boat again. It was like a creeper sandwich in there. Yeah, and as I've noted before, I've had sleep paralysis and the terror that comes with that. I'm not trying to have, and I haven't even seen entities, so that makes it tenfold worse. And whoever this priest was is a jerk. So yes, best can, way to describe that. Yeah, he can just f off. It's like they were making fun of you for being a Christian. Yeah, I didn't like, put that like, together. Ha, you think that's going to save you? I didn't put that together that it was right when... I got damn. you, fam. It is almost like it was mocking yeah. your Christianity. 100%. It's Especially hit, hitting right at 3 o'clock. It was being a dick. Mocking the Trinity. Bro. Larissa, you might have some... There might be some demon shit going on in that boat. That's where I'm at with it. I'm saying... Just sink it. Go back yes. out to the marina. Yes. Drill a couple holes in the bow. Walk away. Just let them let them have their little demon party at the bottom of the yep. bottom of the ocean. Lake, have whatever. fun. Have fun. Because that's fucked up. I didn't put those two together. Demon priest. Other fucking weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not just, digging that. Just sink the boat. I like that advice. That's the only way I feel like you're not going to have to deal with it. Just yeah. sink the boat. Sink the boat. Yeah. It's Lisa, probably the that's... most sound advice we have given. Minus the fact that it would be criminal to do that. So don't get caught. Unless she owns the boat. Unless she, she owns the boat. Yeah. We're going to run with the assumption that you own the boat. There you go. Yeah. That is like sleep paralysis encounters are... They like touch so close to home because I have them, but then I hear about the ones where they they actually interact with the entities and nope. the entities are there, and I'm like, damn, that could be so much. It could be so much worse than what I'm experiencing. Yeah, and I know the dread that I feel. I'm glad that I don't have to deal with that shit. It's the worst, and like, especially having no face priests. Like, um, no, nope. I'm not trying to deal with all that. Well, Larissa, thank you for taking the time to send it in, send in your story. Uh, something to consider sinking the boat, you know, if it's going to send you to prison, I wouldn't do that, but yeah. I would be interested to see if the prior owners were into some weird shit because that sounds pretty, pretty negative. If you ask me, hundred percent, especially when Kyle connected the dots about becoming a Christian, which I'm sure that's why you added it in there. And my mind just didn't connect the dots because my brain doesn't function very well. Yeah. But yeah, if you look, if you look into it and you find any little scraps of evidence that the people that owned it prior were into some weird shit, definitely shoot us, shoot us an email back or call yeah. the holophone and let us know because that shit's that's weird. I don't, I don't like that at all. No face priests. No. Yeah. So. Lucky. Thanks. We will jump into Kyle's story right now. Q drowning pool. <laughs> I, I had nothing. That'd be awesome. Um, if anybody knows drowning pool, have them write us an intro. Well, I was just, I was just thinking that since we're talking about bodies, bodies at the floor, yada yada yada. Anyways, moving forward here, I'm super glad I bought this book. Um, it's called Bodies in the Woods by Tom Lyons. We just kind of, just. 
I was honestly in complete desperation of something to write about, and I just happened to stumble on this, and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just going to buy it because it's like three bucks for the digital copy, and I didn't know what I was getting into. I was personally hoping it wasn't very true crimey, even though I could totally see that happening, but I took a gamble on it, and boy, did I score big. Holy shit. Some of the craziest stories I've read. Uh, I'm going to try to get through all of them. I've got five of the reports done so far. So I'm going to start with this one. Uh, it involves a man and his friends. They went to Wisconsin for a camping trip. And we're going we're gonna to call this guy Devin. It didn't give his name, but just for storytelling purposes... We'll go with Devin. He sounds like a Devin. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was vibing, and I just I went with it. He was there with his friends uh, Jared, Brigham, Natalie, and his girlfriend Melissa. That day, the group went to a lake that was pretty popular for cliff diving. So you know they hung out, they were drinking all day, kind of messing around, just just kind of taking it all in. Later that night, around eleven p.m., they all headed down the path to their tents. During the night, Devin started to get a little hot from the summer heat, which is why tent camping sucks. Facts. Uh, <laughs> so he says, fuck it. He gets up, decides to go for a walk to try to cool down, maybe even wear himself out a little bit more to help him fall asleep. Devin decided to walk back up to the cliff location where everyone had been diving off the day, you know, that day. The stars and the and the moon were bright this night, so it was pretty easy for him to see where he was going. After making it to the cliff, he, he spots a van parked there, which wasn't there during the day. And right off the rip, he doesn't like he doesn't assume anything negative. He's just like, well, somebody probably got here late, decided they were just going to sleep in their car in their van for the night. Not to mention, one would think that being up there would be kind of a pretty location. You know, being up on the cliff, looking over the lake with the stars and the moon, blah, 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 blah. But as Devin gets closer, he notices that some of the windows were cracked, which starts to throw some red flags for him. He says, you know, upon seeing these cracked windows, he he's like, man... Something's not feeling quite right here. I have a pretty ominous feeling that something bad happens, but because I'm here, I more or less feel obligated to go see if someone in that van needs help. So he gets a little closer to the van, reminding himself that there are black bears in the area. So he kind of questions, maybe a black bear did this, but... Typically, black bears, you know, they just scavenge for food. Then he sees some of the windows completely broken out. The front windshield was completely shattered as well. He also notes that the van, other than the glass, looked pretty new and well cared for. Then he gets within about five feet of the car and he sees it. A man sitting there in the driver's seat, eyes wide open, nope, with a third of his face scraped off oh, even even more yeah nope. he said by the look on this guy's face whatever he had witnessed was the worst fear imaginable because it was clearly printed on his face i just 
That's so weird. Yeah. As if Devin wasn't uneasy enough, now it's through the roof. He decides, all right, I shouldn't be here. I need to leave this spot ASAP. So he heads back to his tent. He wants to run, but he's like, you know what? If there's something in the area, by me running, I could start making a lot of noise and draw this thing to me. So he just kind of like does a power walk, looking back behind him. He's like, I feel like something is following me, but whatever. I'm just going to go back. So he, he makes it back to camp, and he climbs back into his tent. Once again, he was unsure of what to do, because if he wakes everyone, it could create a large commotion and draw the thing to him. A weird justification, he tells himself, you know, what if I just pretend that I didn't see anything? Maybe it'll just leave us alone. Well, my my first uh, go-to would probably be like call the authorities. That's kind of where I was at. And like I, like I noted, it, it's a weird justification that he's like, you know, if I just act like I didn't see anything, it's not going to bother us. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, it's just a weird justification. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when people encounter, like, strange beings and shit, UFOs and aliens, they're just like, I didn't see anything. Like, like you, for example, I'm going back to bed. Yeah. But if you see something, like, right off the riff, rip, there's not a whole lot paranormal about it. You know what no. I mean? Like, this could have been a van rollover or some shit. Yeah. With a dead body in there, you think he would like call call a ranger or call the police or call Anybody. the EMTs something? But he's like, man, maybe I mean, fuck maybe I'll this. just maybe I'll just go to bed. Yeah, fuck this. <laughs> I ain't trying to deal with this. Yeah, this is above. I'm, I'm camping, baby. This is above my pay grade. <laughs> I'm camping. Right? Pretend so, like I didn't see it. So he is back in the tent. He didn't make any noise. He's like, fuck it. I'm go I'm just gonna wait the night out. I'm pretty safe. You know, nothing followed me. However, after a short while, he starts to hear a weird noise coming from the way he walked back to the tent. Bro, you better keep walking the opposite direction. The best way he just can describe this noise was that it sounded like a giant insect surveying the ground around their tents. The footsteps sounded like they were about the size of a human. He also notes a bizarre clicking noise, like tiny teeth or pinchers rapidly, rapidly clattering together. So as Devin lays and waits, a few times it seemed like the creature more or less lost interest and started to walk out of the camp. But it would then turn around and come back. And it, apparently it did this several times. So much so that it ends up waking up one of his party, Natalie. And it is like she it was like it pissed her off that it woke her up because she's laying in her tent like, all right, who the fuck's out there walking around? You need to quit your shit. And before she could even finish that sentence, a loud, terrifying hiss echoed through the campsite. This wakes up Devin's girlfriend, and she so she sits up and she's like, "What the fuck is going on?" She starts freaking out. And Devin is like, yo, yo, Melissa, quiet the fuck down. You know, this thing is going to know we're in here. But she's, she's so taken off guard, she just keeps talking. 
Not to mention, at this point, the hiss had gotten so loud, it was almost ear-piercing. That is so weird. I'm yeah. sitting here, sitting here, like trying to play this out in my mind, and the like weird clicking teeth chattering thing is fucking bizarre. But I've heard of other accounts of the clicking. I don't know if it was from yeah. UFO alien encounters or if it was a specific cryptid, but I heard it before. But in my brain, I'm like, man, that is probably one of the creepiest sounds you could hear camping in the woods in the middle of the night. Fuck yeah! Until you hear a hiss that's like ear piercing, louder than everything else around you. Yeah. That makes it even worse. So the hiss just pretty much uh, the way he describes it just kind of stays continuing and whatever was outside basically started running laps around their tents. Or that's how, you know, he describes it. He's like just basically imagine someone outside your tent running a figure eight. Devin recalls being the most terrified he's ever been in his entire life to the point where he was essentially holding back tears. His buddy Jared starts yelling from inside his tent for the thing to leave. And Jared being a hard ass, he climbs out of the tent to confront whatever the fuck is out there. That's dumb. Yeah. As soon as Jared seen this thing, Devin said he yelps and in almost like a quivering voice is like, leave, leave now. Devin said, you know, his voice was just so full of fear. But thankfully, Devin finally grows a set of nuts. And he's like, well, you know, Jared's my boy. He's my, we're ride and die. Like, I'm I'm going out there too. Fuck this. So he unzips his tent and starts climbing out. And he's like, I wanted to do it fast because I knew Melissa was going to try to stop me from climbing out of the tent. So I did it as quick as I could, and as soon as like his head broke the the threshold, he said he's seen a skinny white silhouette running away. Devin said it was nude and clearly was not human. That's so weird. Almost like here encounters of the uh, the rake, yeah, essentially. Which I mean, people say started out as a creepy pasta, but I'm in the camp to where like. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. So somebody along the line had to have seen something to kind of get whatever lore is behind this off the ground. Right. Uh, And that's kind of where my brain was going to when I heard the description. I'm like, man, that sounds just like the rake. But anyways, Jared said that the thing started to book it as soon as it heard Devin's tent unzipping. Almost like this creature had this mentality of like, all right, one-on-one, I got this. But if anybody, if anything else starts to interact with the the equation, I'm the fuck out of here. Because like Jared said, I mean, all it took was the fact that he started, it heard another noise outside of the confrontation with Jared. And it was like, yep, I'm gone. I'm out. I'm out of here. And if you were, you know, like with the van, there was one person in the van that got smoked. Man, the the amount of damage that was done to the van. Oh, it could have took all of them. Yeah. They're lucky that it, it was more or less timid. But, and it was, it, it sounds like a creature of opportunity. Yeah. But the, so the very next day, they end up calling the park service to go investigate the body and the report of the creature. However, when they went to the cliff, when the authorities went to the cliff, they there was no body reported, no van was there. Everything in regards to the event seemingly disappeared. 
Of course it did. Right. I bet, Devin, you wish you would have called the police the first time you saw it. Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, is it some sort of, like, skinwalker type creature? Is it some sort of, like, human mimic type creature? Man, I, I heard a theory the other day about... Um, whatever, whatever's in the woods using like humans' voices and shit. Someone equated it to like whenever we see a stray cat, what do we do? We make like meow sounds, get it to come to us. Gross. And they're in the woods making human sounds to get us to come to them. That is a really good description. I'm like, I hate that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that is terrible. It's awful. It is awful. It is awful. I was just so, like, man, why is that so right and so wrong at the same time? Like in, in this book, that's story number one. So I'm I'm reading that and I'm like, I fucking hit gold, yeah. boys. Yeah. Uh, rogue rogue beast attack van, dead bodies. Turns into a cover up. Yeah, yeah. If it was, or if it was ever there at all, that could have been. Fuck that could have been like a whole mimic thing to get. If you if you if these creatures like like you hear about Bigfoot and having uh, infrasound abilities, what if these things are able to like, um, like almost produce like hallucinogens to where like you yeah. see this and what's the first thing you what's the first thing people do when they see a car accident or something like that? They run. To they it. go right to it. They're just set like it's like bait. Just set. So it up. essentially, what you're saying is we're fucked. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying what we don't know what we're dealing with. Yeah, we're fucked. What if what if it was the entity sitting in the van, and as soon as you went over to check on the dude, it was oh, like, gross. Gotcha. Gross. I don't like that either. No. But I'm going to move on to this next one because it's fucked up. It's not in the woods, so it kind of threw me for a loop. But regardless, it is a pretty wild story. Hell yeah. So this story follows Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, perfect. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can handle this. Handle this on his <laughs> yeah, own. Yeah, I was gonna say if, <laughs> if that was the case, he would have fucked everything up. But this took place back in the 50s, and Arnold and his family had moved to a small town by the name of Middlefield, Massachusetts. The property they moved to had a ton of plants, which was accompanied by a shitload of lawn ornaments, and of course. If you're going to have lawn ornaments, what's your number one lawn ornament going to be? A pink flamingo? No. Lawn gnomes. A gnome. I knew it was one of the two. A gnome. This story would be a lot more fucked if it was pink flamingos. You do have a thing for gnomes. I do. I love them. But uh, not long after moving in, the weird shit began to happen. In a small tree near the garden, there was a bird nest filled with baby birds. The family actually really ended ended up enjoying like hearing the birds first thing in the morning when they were going outside and whatnot. It was kind of a relaxing thing for Were them. they baby flamingos? No, I don't think so. Copy it didn't that. specify the bird. Copy that. Um but a week later of I'm I'm assuming a week later after they've been hatched, they didn't hear the baby birds anymore. And they went out to investigate. They actually ended up finding the baby birds in the garden dead. Arnold noted that it didn't look like a predator had gotten to them because uh, not sure how he distinguished this but he said that all of their necks had been broken. Damn. Which seems extremely odd. A few days had passed after finding the baby birds in the garden when Arnold and his sister Peggy 
started to notice the next door neighbor staring at them through her window. She was barely peeking out past the curtains. She That's had, terrifying. Yeah. She had a uh, very pale skin with long, natty, white hair. The family never had met this woman. And her house was basically in shambles. It was just a giant shithole. Hey, Hollow Cult. The weather's getting nice. And you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots. And their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Constantly, the siblings would notice this creepy old lady peeking on them from the safety behind her curtains. As time went on, more and more animals began to show up in the front yard near the garden. When or with the, were they alive? No. Oh, all dead. Oh, all dead. And like it ranges from everything, like oh. chipmunks, birds, stray cats, everything. Because at first everything. I'm like, oh, that's kind of peaceful. It's being out in nature, and they no. can watch these animals. And I'm like, that doesn't really line up with this story. No, they're all dead. Uh, right. They're all dead. (laughs) So, like I was saying, with the increase of dead animals, the siblings noticed the old lady would spy on them more and more. They also noted that no matter the time of day or night, there were never any lights on in the house. She also never had any visitors and never left the house. There There was also no cars in the driveway, but there was a detached car or a detached garage out back, which they kind of assumed that's may that's probably where she had her vehicle. That makes sense. Right. Not so much the lights not being on, but right. the lack of a car yeah. can be explained away. Right. They brought the lady up so much at home that their father, who was a a pastor, decided, All right, enough's enough. I'm tired of this this skepticism in in regards to our neighbor. I'm gonna go introduce myself and take a basket of gifts. So he goes over, knocks on the door, and no one answers. He just leaves the basket on the front porch and walks back home. Well, 
while he's walking back across the street toward the house, the kids see her start peeking through the window again. So their dad gets home and they tell him like, Hey, we saw her peeking through the window when you were walking back home. And it didn't bother him at all. You know, he was just like, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, the mother put it out there that maybe the woman had gone through some type of abuse earlier in her life, which kind of made her more of a recluse and she wasn't ready to mingle with people she didn't know, which is kind of a logical explanation. Yeah. You could you could have some a lot of trauma that yeah. spawns to not want to be social. You right. Know? But still, the animals kept showing up in the yard dead. And never did any of them look like a predator had gotten to them. One night, Arnold heard his sister Peggy yell before running out of her room to their parents' room. The next morning, Arnold asked Peggy, you know, what happened? Why, like, why did you freak out last night? And she's like, well, it sounded like someone was outside my window walking around. So it didn't stop. So she ends up getting up and going over to the, the window to investigate. And as she looked at the window, she saw a couple of small people moving around in the grass. No sooner did she see them, one of them turned and started glaring back at her. She said it had jet black eyes and looked pure evil. Like small people as in like gnomes? Yeah. Or small people as in like short people? No, no. Later on, like, she determines like it was the fucking gnomes. What? Yes. It was the lawn gnomes. I love it. Let's go. Let's go. So as as we just con- said, Peggy basically concludes that what <laughs> she was seeing, in fact, were the the gnomes. And still, as time passes, the more and more animals they would find dead in the garden. Well, one day, Arnold, Peggy, and their mother returned returned home to find their father laying on his back in the garden. His face appeared frozen in a moment of intense shock. Something about the look in his eyes indicated that he had experienced something so dreadful and unexplainable during his final moments. And that was a direct quote. Oh, he's dead. Oh, he's dead as fuck. Dead as fuck. I uh, I, I want to say that I wish, but I don't really mean it in this context, but I wish they would have checked to see if he had a broken fucking neck. That is not the route I thought that story was going to go. No, me either. I had no fuck. At that point, I had no idea where it was going. Huh. So. R.I.P. Peggy's dead. So, of course, the mother runs over to her husband. They call the paramedics and the police. When when the police get there, they start asking questions. Like, have you seen anything suspicious going on? Of course, Peggy starts to freak the fuck out and was like, hey, it was the lawn gnomes. The lawn gnomes did it. I know they did it. I seen them. Understandable. And she's she's a young kid, so they take that obviously with a grain of salt. They also pointed out the creepy old lady that lived across the street, to which the officers, you know, all right, here's a little bit that we can run with. So they're like, all right, we're going to go investigate. They knock on the door, and no one ever answered. The family had later found out that, in fact, no one owned that house. But after the police made their way in, they must have found something interesting because 
the police would go back day after day for quite a little while. And they would they never actually revealed anything they had found in the house. The family ended up moving away not long after this, which seemed to bring closure to the animals turning up dead. They never did receive an explanation as to what really happened that night, but even into older age, Peggy insists that it was the gnomes that night. All right. There is a lot to unpack here. Yeah. I'm curious as to whether or not they got some sort of autopsy report on their father. Did he die of a heart attack? Did he? You know, I would assume that's probably have what he a died stroke. of. It was his neck broken. I, I feel like it was either the heart attack or a stroke. So, two, if I'm going off the first story, my brain goes to that whatever this mimic type creature was, was mimicking the old woman since they only saw her like standing peeking out the window. Mm hmm. Which totally throws me for a loop on the gnomes. I don't know how they're tied in. I feel like obviously the gnomes and the lady are connected somehow. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I wonder... How? I don't know. Unless she was like this, this fucking crazy ass witch that was able to manipulate lawn ornaments does, or whatever. Does this guy, um, does he allude or hint at that all these stories are connected? No. In some way? Nope. Oh, these are just weird like, ass. The third one, not even fucking close. Because I'm trying to connect the first one to the second one. No, so no. These are just completely weird random. Like literally, stories. all he did is what we do. He put out a call to okay. people and they submitted all right. stories. Perfect. That's all Perfect. this is. I'm trying to tie the first one to the second no. one. I'm like, I'm trying to link these gnomes up and I don't know. Nope. Okay, so let's eliminate the first story. Yeah, that's fucked up. She could. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if the gnomes she saw were the same ones that were from the lawn ornaments. If she made the correlation to where she like connected, oh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. That's so where I'm this at. creepy old woman pretty much is the uh, commander in chief of a gnome army. That's kind of where I went with it in my head. Was that this crazy lady somehow can manipulate the gnomes? Or maybe all lawn ornaments. You, there might have oh, been God. fucking uh, flamingos walking around that bitch. I don't know. That's terrifying. I know. I would rather deal with the humanoid creature in the wood than yes. having an army of lawn, lawn ornaments. Yeah, because you don't know what you're going to get. Oh. All types of stuff. And creepy elderly people creep me the fuck out anyway. Right. And so. it, it did sound like she was, she was in pretty bad shape, but... I, I want to know what they found in the house to have to keep going back every day. They had to find something because if they went in there and didn't find shit, they wouldn't have gone back. They would have said it was just straight abandoned. True. You know. What if know. there was like thousands and thousands of lawn ornaments in there? Oh, dude, that would be buzz. They're all stacked up in rows, like like battalions in an army. That would be. <laughs> I would walk in there and oh go, God. "What the hell?" Every time the cops went back, they were moved a little bit. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. I just stick to writing traffic tickets. For sure. For Dude, sure. That is weird. It's I really weird, was man. raking my brain trying to connect the first one to the second one, but now that I know no. that all the encounters are different, that was f fucking weird. Yeah. So with this next story, I'm going to, this is my personal opinion. It's not that I get too graphic. I will put out a trigger warning because I read this story and it fucking broke my heart. 
ice in big like i'm looking over kyle's shoulder here and in big big letters underneath report three he just puts trigger warning yeah like it it really did it broke my fucking heart man i hated reading this story i there was a part of me that didn't even want to put it in but i'm like no no like people need to hear some of the ugliness to some of these encounters so this one follows a woman by the name of kim she was living in a small town outside of Texas, or outside of Austin, Texas. It was called Wimberley. She was 16 at the time of the incident. In this town, it was a big thing to go to the river and do some swimming. So one hot summer afternoon, Kim was with her friends, Martha and Sharon. They're at the river, and each of them had inflatable rafts. So... You know, the girls put the rafts in the river and kind of are out there just kind of floating around, talking to each other. Kim was laying on her stomach on the raft when she saw it floating down the river, a body of a young child. And as it got closer, she could tell that it was a young girl because she could see her swimsuit and her long hair. However, there was something out of place. Or before that, you know, Kim was the only one that had seen it. Because the other two girls were still like talking amongst themselves, laughing and giggling. Kim noticed that something was out of place. It looked like something was attached to her body. But as it got closer, she noticed it was a horn. Then Kim says she realized that something was still holding on to the body. Panic started to set in and she about fell off her raft. It was far too late to try and swim to one of the shores because whatever it was had gotten so close. Kim says she was thankful that she stayed quiet because that's most likely what kept her alive. As the creature moved past her at a slow, relaxed speed, she said it looked like a fish-like body that was probably around, or she kind of stumbles here, but... It was any, the the body length she estimates was anywhere from 14 to 20 feet long. And at this moment is when Sharon sees this creature and, and the body of the young girl. And she starts freaking the fuck out, screaming. Then Martha sees it. She starts screaming. And Kim, at this point, she was so scared. She wasn't moving a muscle. Done. And she was hoping that the other two girls would kind of follow suit. But Sharon was the one closest to the shore. And she just fucking boom, jumps off the raft into the water, starts swimming as hard as she can. And she does end up making it to the shore. As as this is happening simultaneously, the horned fish started to thrash a little bit. And it sprays Kim with water droplets and blood. It then releases the girl from its jaws and starts to go after Sharon as she's like swimming toward the bank. Sharon had made it to the bank and the creature was still kind of on its path to her. She could see the creature from where she was standing. She starts pointing at it and, and, kind of calling out its location to the other two girls. Well, at this moment, 
Kim kind of has a rough idea of where this creature's at, and she tells Martha, she's like, all right, now's our chance. They plan, Kim's plan is to swim to the other side of the river to that shore. So Kim hops in the water, going hard, swimming as hard as she can, because she knew. She knew that if she let up at all, she could be the next victim. As she made it to the shore, she was so relieved that her and Martha had made it. However, she turns around to look back into the river, and Martha is still on her raft. She had not moved a fucking muscle. Great. She was so scared, she didn't move. Luckily, the creature more or less it must have not realized Martha was up there because it gave up pursuit in every direction it ends up grabbing you know using its jaws to grab back onto the original body and just resumed its course down the river they all made it out that day and as they were running toward the parking lot where their car was they ran into a father and a son that were actually headed down to the river to swim. They, you know, ended up warning them about it. Kim said she was unsure if they ended up listening to her or not, but she hopes that she's like, I hope that cute little boy remains safe that day. They called the authorities, which seemed to provide nothing. And by reading her encounter, Without question, this left Kim with some type of PTSD. Like she's like, I am not fucking with that place no more. I'm I don't do the water anymore. And she said this river wasn't like huge. To her knowledge, this river never got more than ten feet deep. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. I'm sitting here trying to Google like Texas sea monsters and sea creatures and try to find anything that would even be close. She said it was like it looked like the the fish itself was either either black or like a dark gray. That's so weird. At first, my mind was going all over the place. Like maybe this thing was another type of mimic situation where it was using not necessarily the actual body of a child, but something that looked like it to get yeah. more people into the water. But then it took that dark turn, and it was actually a kid. Yeah. But I saw an old map. From like the 1540s or some shit. And I guess it's off the coast of Texas. Maybe in like the Pacific or in the Gulf. It shows a picture of a... Hornfish? Yeah. So much so that they called it a sea rhinoceros. That's creepy. It is creepy. That's crazy that it... The monster shows a giant lobster with this other creature... Dining on it. it says the monster dining on the lobster is apparently a sea rhinoceros, but unlike most of the other sea monsters on some of these old maps, this one was not named in his in the key. I guess this guy put a key and had the names right. of all these sea monsters. The sea rhinoceros was likely inspired by a real animal, but not one that lived in the ocean. That's so, fucking weird. Yeah, that is weird. That's crazy. Dude, I don't even. I, I, I don't that's even that story broke my fucking heart though. I did not like that I have one. To tell my kids to stay away from the rivers when they're fishing. Yeah, look, it's freaking ridiculous. Ev, daddy, you probably try to catch it. Yeah, no kidding. Hang it up on his wall. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. 
I don't advise that though, buddy. Don't no. do that. No. Don't do that. Just because you go to the gym doesn't mean you can fight a sea monster. This is huge facts. <laughs> huge. There's a lot of horned sea sea monsters from the the from way back when, apparently. Well, anything that eats little kids can fuck itself. That's true. With its horn. Yes. Please and true. thank you. All right. So I've got two more here, which looks like we're doing pretty good on time. This story involves a man named Eddie and his uncle. Oh, this story is fucked. <laughs> I just remembered this I just, one. I just watched Kyle's face light up. Like, oh, shit. This story is bizarre, oh, dude. Perfect. Bring You're going to love it. Bring it. So, like I said, this story involves Eddie and his uncle. They went on a deer hunting trip somewhere in Dodge County. Not long after they started their hike into, into the in the woods they came across a very odd and terrifying scene. They witnessed a gang of deer that were terrorizing and beating another hunter. The two were pretty far from the assault. So Eddie's uncle Mike tells him, hey, stay put. And at the time of this encounter, Eddie was 12. So imagine a 12-year-old standing, I'm going to guess, a good, a solid 100 yards or less than where this attack was actually taking place because it was close enough for his uncle Mike to go. All right, you know, you stay here. I'm going to go try to help this dude out. But still far enough to be safe. Yes. So Eddie's uncle gets in range and as he gets in range, cause he has, he's got his rifle with him. Um, the other hunter there, his body went limp because the, at this point, the dude has been impaled and trampled everything else. Then Eddie's uncle Mike fires around into the air, which at this point, all the deer just stop and begin to stare right at Mike. You just fucked up. You just fucked up. They all sat there almost like they were considering doing the same thing to his uncle. But after he fired two more rounds into the sky, they decided not to. They all turned and began to walk off. But as they walked off, one of the bucks turned and grabbed the dead hunter's arm and began to drag him off with zero effort. Mike yells at him, and you could hear the utter disbelief in his uncle's voice. But they never saw the man or any of the bucks again. Mike then makes his way back to Eddie and they begin to ju- they they turn the fuck around. Uh yeah. They're going right back to his truck. He told Eddie not to make a sound on their way back and he's like my uncle kept his rifle at ready and his head was on a swiv- swivel the entire time back to the the truck. <laughs> what? And Eddie goes on to say like like he's convinced that it, it was demonic that day, but he's like there's no possible way a deer should be able to use its mouth and grab a human by his arm and just drag him away like it wasn't carrying anything couple things here imagine seeing that couple things first off this encounter just opens all sorts of doorways into the missing 411 phenomenon oh no that was the last story 
That was the last one. I thought word. I had five, but that was the last one. Kyle does not have five. That was I the last story. I can't count. So, this encounter opens all sorts of doors. Dude. And the missing 411 theory and the missing people all over the place. If the animals are, are responsible, we didn't like, outside of predators, we didn't even consider that. Fuck no. Secondly, what if Eddie and Uncle Mike happened to hop dimensions into a dimension where it was human season and the deer were hunting? Well... I don't know how I feel about that one. Uh, I mean, it's... Uh, it is a theory. There's infinite dimensions, dog. There are dimensions where humans are open season and no, the deer... No, yeah. I mean, I get that. The gang swath of deer... I don't even, like... I'm it, trying. At first, I thought it was an, uh, it was going to be like uh, one of them not deer stories. Yeah. But they said when there there's was a whole bunch of them. higher group of it. And then it just drug away their kill. And what's Bro, fucked they're, up, they're, I actually heard a creepypasta that was similar to this. It's they're, kind of fucking weird. They're group hunting. That in, was their in trophy. A way, in a way similar. If not they quite. would have followed the, those deer home, there were probably other hunters mounted on their deer oh, houses. Dude. I just, I could, I could not wrap my brain around sitting there and watching a fucking herd of deer pummel a hunter to death. I love like that they all they... just gang up on him and then... Uncle Mike runs down there being a hard ass, and they just stare at him like he's an idiot. Yeah, he fires off into the sky, and they're just like, LOL. Yeah. That's cute. And then he does it again, and they're like, eh, it's not really worth it. We've already got our prize. And one of them bends down and just goes, and then just drags him off. Like I I imagine him doing it like petty as fuck, like just looking Mike in the eye, and he's just like, yeah, walking away, watching him the whole time, like, come on down here, bitch. This could be you. Come on down. This could be you. See what happens. I've never heard anything like that, and it is no fucking terrifying. Oh, absolutely man. terrifying. Think about how many hunters go missing in the woods, and all they find is their gun, or all they find is their boot, or their yeah. their leg in their boot. And everybody's like, "Well, maybe it's deer. Maybe it's or not. Not maybe it's deer. Maybe it's a bear. Maybe it's a you know mountain yeah, lion. Like maybe you said, we always kind of, go to predator. Yeah, some kind of like entity we don't know about. Nobody ever thinks maybe it was the squirrels." Maybe it, was the, maybe it was the raccoons. I would be heartbroken because I like squirrels. Maybe it's the deer. Maybe there is a rogue bandit of skunks. They're just snatching, snatching hunters up in human season in an alternate dimension. That sucks. At this, I mean, at this point, nothing shocks me. No, no. Nothing, like, that shocked me a little bit. But when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, that's totally, I mean... Maybe it's not. I mean, you, you've heard stories of like a, a deer attacking a person. That's not uncommon. No, and I mean it's but, uncommon, but you, you've. But heard to have it. a coordinated attack to the point to yeah. where it it kills somebody, and then they take the body. Where was that at again? Did you? It was Dodge County. That's all it gave. Dodge, was County. Dodge County. That doesn't narrow it down anywhere. But I'm wondering if there's missing people reports in Dodge I County. I would not be can, surprised. We can link up. Would not be surprised. That is weird, man. We're gonna end up going and hunting a rogue sect of deer with that what hunt people with what AKs and ARs. They're not afraid of those, but it'll still kill them. How do you know? Because I know. Not when you step in their dimension. Well, 
I'm not doing that. I'll stay right on the edge. What are you going to do when you shoot one and just bounces off? Then I will run. You're faster than I am. I'm fucked. Well, I guess I'll stand there and fight them with you. Copy. I don't really want to deal That's with it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stoked to see what else you get in these Dude, these me books. too. Because, uh, like, at first I was trying to connect the dots. I thought, like, body in the woods kind of mimic thing. But then now that they're, now that it's just open season on weirdness. Yeah. For pun intended. That's all it is. Pun intended. I say bring it. Yeah. I say bring it. Like I said, it. I read that. I was sitting there and I read that first, that first story and I'm like, yep, this is it. This is the one. I don't even know. I don't even know. And, and none I of them, nothing. none of the stories so far, aside from the fucking utter tragedy, tragedy, tragedy one, uh, they're all insane. They, Every last one of them's insane. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm like, man, that those that coordinated deer attack, dragging a hunter off into the woods is hard to believe. But two stories before that, we had gnome attack. So. Yep. And then before that, you had some creepy ass thing. Sounds like an insect, but looks like a rake. <laughs> really, cutting I people's mean, face off. If you think about the paranormal and the amount of shit that we don't know, it lines right up. Yeah. I say stack, stack them up, stack them up. Oh, that's so. Weird. I'm so stoked. Yeah, yeah, and you don't hear these stories very often about the the actual killing side of things, the bodies being found. Yeah, and that's what attracted me to the book. It was in the the bios, like. Apparently, they're, I hope it's in this book, but it says, like, they find strange carvings on bodies and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. And that that right there, I'm like, okay, this has got my interest peaked. That's great. And then I read that first story, and I'm like, holy shit. So, yeah, once again, uh, it, it's called Body Bodies in the Woods by Tom Lyons. If you guys are interested, apparently he's got, like, I think I saw like at least four or five of oh, them. I'm going to buy them. And if you want the the digital copy for your Kindle or whatnot, it's like $2.99 through Amazon. So oh, it's that's, it's that's extremely good. affordable. If you want the paperback, obviously it's going to cost a little bit more. I think maybe like seven to ten bucks. Not 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 a bank killer, but that's so awesome. Dude, they're, they're so good. Because I ended up getting that one, and then there was another one. Oh, I think it was just called, like, Don't Go in the Woods or something like that. I think like I that. have that one. Oh, do you? I think so. I think I have a physical copy of it. Yeah, Bodies in the Woods, Stay Out of the Woods. Yeah, Strange I'm, Encounters. I'll have to look and look at the bookshelf over there, but I have some similar. This dude must have a pretty big following because these are all submission-based. So That's they, awesome. They must, he must have a massive following. That is awesome. And like, you, okay, you, Hollow Crew, you hear that? This dude has enough enough encounters to write a bunch of books. A bunch guys, of books. Let's get on the Hollow phone. Let's go. Let's get in the, let's get in the Hollow yeah, mail. And like that that one book that I did, uh, UFO and Frightening Encounters. Yeah. By Tom Lyons. Damn, this dude is busy. Yeah, he's he's out there pumping it out. Shout out. Maybe we can get That's him on awesome. the show. That's awesome. That is awesome. But with that being said, we're gonna wrap it up. Wrap it up for the day until yeah. part until we get part two on these bodies in the woods. Oh yeah, I'm, ex- I'm not gonna stop. These are it. these are fucking crazy. So check us out at all our social medias: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Reddit. Come and hang out with us. And until we talk to you again next Monday, stay safe, stay weird, stay the fuck out of the woods. And if you have a boat that is possessed by a faceless demonic priest, sink it. <laughs> <laughs>